0: All right, well, here we go. Welcome back into the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. I'm so excited to be uh, continuing this series that we've been doing all summer. Uh, If you've been following along, you know I've been calling this the Summer Series Series going through my book, Bring It, which came out in 2017. Um, If you haven't been following along or somehow you ended up on this episode, I would encourage you to go back and kind of start at the beginning because we're going to be on chapter four today. And uh, actually, I have my wife, Erin, as a guest. So, Erin, would you please say hello? Hello. This is really cool. Um, I get a lot of microphones and a lot of opportunities to speak. And to be totally honest with you, My wife is the calm, steady, patient one who should be uh, getting microphones and giving the chances to speak. So I thought because I have this platform, it'd be a great opportunity to share her with you and to have you just kind of hear from her perspective some of the things that we both learned as I was working on this book and then as we really together released it in 2017. So just to recap... um, kind of where we've been the last two weeks. My buddy Adam Blazik joined us, and we talked about this idea of boundaries and growing our boundaries with our Sovereign Strong God. Uh, Sovereign Strong was chapter one. I did that one solo. Boundaries was chapter two. Adam joined me. And then last week, we talked about the finished product that God has in mind for our lives. Uh, And Adam uh, added some really great thoughts to that. So Like I said, I would encourage you to to definitely catch those previous episodes if you haven't uh, yet. But tonight, or today, I should say, we're recording this in the evening. But uh, whenever you're listening to this, Aaron and I are going to kind of just clue you in on uh, chapter four, which is uh, called Journey Well. And um, just to give you some kind of some background where that title came from, and actually, um, it's still very, very early in the game, but I believe that's going to be the title of my third book, um, which is really mostly a dream with a title, Journey Well. That's where we're at so far, but uh, the the background on that is the first time I ever preached. I was a part-time worship leader uh, at Conduit Ministries in Jamestown, New York. I was given the opportunity to preach, and uh, they, they gave me like, um, my bosses gave me a couple of topics to choose from, and this was one of them. It was uh, Journeying Well, and I thought that that's a cool uh, that's a cool idea, a cool concept. And uh, so that was the first sermon I ever preached. Um, I definitely learned a lot and changed a lot for sermons that came after that. That was a pretty uh, daunting experience. But um, I love the idea, and I love the concept of journey. Well, in fact, my tagline, um, that they had kind of encouraged me to come up with for it, or, or the, the takeaway point was when we journey well, we offer hope and encouragement to others. And so in light of this book that we're going through, and in light of this idea that when we really know that God is sovereign and strong over all, and when we really know that he wants to grow the boundaries of our relationship with him, and that he wants to know us, and he wants to be fully known by us, And then when we know that he has a finished product in mind uh, for our lives, that when he created us, he had a destination or a a perfected version of us uh, in his mind, that we can pursue him and we can come to realize that. When we know those three things, we will be set up to journey well. We will be set up to offer hope and encouragement to others. And so that's kind of uh, some background on chapter four that we're discussing Uh, today. So, um, Aaron, as you were rereading this chapter and kind of, um, you know, just reacquainting yourself with this material, as I said, it came out in 2017, um, and we've done, you know, a Bible study with it here or there since then, but, you know, what kind of stood out to you? What were some of the takeaways and some of the things that, you know, really stirred up in your heart um, as you revisited this material?
1: Yeah, well, as I was rereading a lot of this, um, a lot of it is in reference to the story of Daniel in the book of Daniel in the Bible, and I'm not going to go through all of that. Um, you can definitely read it or pick up your Bible and read through the book of Daniel, but... In a, um a, Daniel's life was full of a lot of challenges and trials as he journeyed well through, through them. It's a great example to us and how we can do that. But I wanted to read a portion that you had written because it really did spark something um, in me when I was rereading it. And it says... Daniel invested his time to get to know God fully and to fully know who God purposed him to be. He truly invested in the relationship that he and the Father shared. I believe Daniel knew that God had a finished product in mind for his life, and he went all in trusting God to raise up that version of himself, regardless of crazy and seemingly dangerous circumstances. His hope and encouragement came from his Father. His soul found rest and strength in him. And, you know, I thought back to you know, a lot of challenges that even i faced personally in my life, um, it it can be hard sometimes to know exactly what step to take. And obviously, as we're we're more in relationship with with Jesus, that becomes clearer to us. But I do believe that through the story of Daniel, it was an encouragement to me that when you're in relationship with the Father— you can really trust that he does have a finished product in mind and that even though it may look messy in the season that you're in or difficult or maybe you have a tragedy or something something like that in your life no matter what it is when we know when we are in relationship with him and we we truly know that he has our best in mind that's when we can trust that even in the storm that it is God's going to use it in some way in our story, and so I, th- I felt like that was very encouraging to me as I kind of revisited it.
0: Yeah, and I think what's interesting is, um, so when we, kind of the timeline of how all this went was, I had, um, I had started this book, I don't know, 2016 or something, but 2017, things really like ignited in me, and, and I felt like I got clarity and the outline in the chapters, and whatever else so i really went to work on it kind of in spring of that year and then refined it in summer and then at the end of the summer as is kind of our i guess family tradition we d- took a vacation like mm-hmm. for for whatever reason we've landed on like august as a good month to vacation when everybody else is running back to to get ready for the school routine, we run away and try to do, <laughs> try to do a little bit one last like hoorah, I guess. But anyway, so on that vacation, I did the final edits uh, of this book, and then um, I think it was actually the day that we got home, I uploaded it to the Amazon self self publishing thing. And I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all, all that. So, anyways, um, kind of how that looked though, we came back from that vacation. Well, really, it was the first day of that vacation. Leaving Jamestown, leaving the church we were at, leaving, uh, you know, at all, wasn't anywhere on our radar. And it was the first day of that vacation. We both looked at each other. I looked at you and said, um, I really feel like I want to I move. I want to do something else. And you looked back at me and said, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I feel the exact same way. And it was, then we spent six days of our vacation kind of processing what does that mean. Then we came home and, and tried to sort through that um, because that's just a, you know, yeah. that's just a whole lot. Of, we we both had only ever lived in Chautauqua County. Um, well, and
1: we, for me, I hate change. So, like, I knew it was from God when...
0: When we both felt yeah, it when and when, when you felt, felt it. Because yes. I'm like...
1: I would stay in the same spot every day for the rest of my life. So. Right.
0: <laughs> right. So, anyways, coming back... Um, kind of started a snowball down a hill that we didn't necessarily see coming or intend to to start and uh things got a little messy you know without getting into a million details or anything like that but like it was kind of complicated for a couple months there and it was really uh looking back it's very easy to see that it was an opportunity for us to kind of like put our money where our mouth was and say like hey we we together, I know my name's on this book, but this is how Aaron and I live. This is how Aaron and I believe. She's my biggest influence outside of God himself. And so, like, this is our family statement. And yeah. we're saying, yeah, journey well. Daniel, you know, didn't know... Daniel didn't ask to be pulled away from everything and brought into captivity, but he still pursued the Father. We were far from that level of trial, right? Right, right But yeah. we still... um You know, we still found ourselves in some really sticky situations or just like uh, some tense, tense moments or whatever. Um, And in in light of all that, it was an opportunity for us to kind of walk out this. No, our our family mission is like, how can we offer hope and encouragement to others, even when it's hard, even when it's messy, even when it's complicated. And so um, anyways, yeah, so that was kind of like the the real life example for us to to walk it out and to. I guess, show that example to anyone who might've been watching. So, um, I don't know. Do you have anything you want to add to that or any thoughts?
1: Um, no, other than sometimes you are doing the right thing or you're doing the thing, this, you're taking the step that God would have you take. And it isn't always perfect and simple and easy. And we found in that scenario, we both knew That was what God wanted for our family, and yet it still was much more difficult and messy than we could have imagined um, when we looked at each other on that first day of vacation and said, I feel like we need to move. And then ironically, we ended up moving less than an hour from where we lived.
0: (laughs) Right, right, yeah. Um, So we had only ever lived in Chautauqua County. We moved one county over to a new state, (laughs) Pennsylvania, to Erie County. But I think even that is... You know, we were willing to go anywhere, as yeah. I've said on previous episodes. But yeah. God was like, great, you're willing to go anywhere. Right down you the road. Is, yeah, yeah right One down hour the r- away. So <laughs> anyways, and I'm not trying to speak in like huge, vague generalities. It was just you come home and say to your employer, hey, I want to move, and they don't see it coming any more than you saw it coming. There's,
1: It's messy, it, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's like, whoa, whoa, where'd this come from? And, and, and you know, that's just normal. That's just real-life stuff. So yeah. um, anyways, all that being said, uh, shortly after that, and this is as I was revisiting this chapter, I didn't get any any of this last week, um, but in Chapter 3, A Finished Product, I talk about my best friend, Azam, Uh, and his life with his siblings growing up in Hawaii, a lot of trials that they faced, and just this idea of pursuing the finished product. And then I re-referenced it in this chapter on Journeying Well because I really believe uh, Azam is just such an awesome example of what a faithful, uh, faith-filled Christian is. I mean, he's a young guy who just trusts God, pursues God, and um, anyway, so I'm not going to tell all of his story if you want to h- read about it or you want to get to know him and what I'm talking about. you can grab a copy of the book on amazon.com, just search my name. Um, I know it sounds like a shameless plug, but <laughs> it's just it'd yeah. be complicated to try to talk <laughs> it talk it through on this podcast. But um, what what kind of stirred in my heart as I was reading that? Um, and maybe because I'm going to see these friends tomorrow. Um, Maybe that's why it it stirred up, kind of in my mind. But right after I released this book, so this came out in September of twenty seventeen, um, November of twenty seventeen, November I believe. Uh, one of the days of November is National Adoption Sunday. I think it was the, um, was the impetus for this. But my best friend from high school, he and his wife and their family. Uh, were like at the finish line or close to it of adopting, um, their fourth child, their first adoption, but their fourth child and bringing him home. And we had just seen them actually on that vacation that I just referenced. And so we decided to take, um, all any and all proceeds from book sales as this new book had just come out and give it to them to help them, uh, adopt their child. And so, um, you know, that was. It's not like I don't. I don't write these books to make money, and it's a good thing because they don't make money. <laughs> and actually, to put it in perspective for you, John Acuff is a, a well-known author now. But I, when I was reading some of his earlier stuff, he said after his first book deal, some of his friends came up to him. This is a total sidebar from what I'm talking about. I'll get back to my point. Um, he said some of his friends came up to him and said, "John, when are you gonna quit your job? You just got your first book deal." And he said, I didn't know what to say, but the fact of the matter was my first book deal deal resulted in a check for $13,000. Who's quitting their job on a check (laughs) for $13,000? Not anyone with a mortgage and a wife and kids, right? Right, And so anyways, I'm far from that level of author. (laughs) and uh, he wasn't quitting his job. So anyways, all that to say, it was cool though to say, I think we make five or $6 per copy, something like that. And so I just blasted it out on my social media. My friend uh, Josh shared it on his and we were able to raise, I think it was like almost $400 to go towards their their adoption, which is really cool. And easily the biggest month of sales my books have ever seen. And I think it was because there was a mission and a purpose behind it. But All that to say, the reason I bring that up is because I believe that was an example of partnering with a a young family and a couple who was doing their best to journey well, right? They were uh, trying to offer hope and encouragement to others, um, specifically in the way of their new son, right? They wanted to offer hope and encouragement and a new life as they brought him home from India. But also they wanted to offer hope and encouragement to anyone who was watching, right? Like people were seeing uh, this this family that was saying, no, we need to do this and rallying and mi- and putting themselves on mission. And so I think that is an example of, uh, of journeying well. And so um, is everyone going to give themselves the goal to write a book and self-publish it and share it and give the proceeds to somebody else? No, no. I'm probably a unicorn. <laughs> is everyone <laughs> <a> unicorn. going <laughs> to... Is everyone going to adopt the family mission of adopting? No, right? Like some will and some won't. But these are just real life examples of how to journey well and offer hope and encouragement to others. But you, you, you probably have those in your life, uh, listener, wherever you, you are. You do have those y- yes, in your life. Yes, <laughs> you, you do. It's just the the matter of seeing them. And so, Aaron, I don't know. Maybe do you want to speak to any? any uh, areas of your life that you have found ways to journey well, to offer hope and encouragement to others um, outside of those couple of examples I just gave, but like things that, um, opportunities that you see and that you seize to try to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I think of for me journeying well, you know, I'm a stay at home mom. We have five children that are six, ages six to five months. So Honestly, a lot of my ministry and mission right now is our children. Um, but I really do feel like something that I don't know, something that I, I really feel like was sparked a lot through this book was just the idea of your everyday ordinary life, your eating, sleeping, and walking around life, putting it before God as as an offering, and then. Um, just doing your very best. And I do feel like in my day-to-day, and of course I'm far from perfect and we all have bad days and days that we just don't want to do anything or be any type of example to anyone, I, I also have those days. But the majority of the time, I really do feel like I can, I can do my best and put my best foot forward to give that example to our kids and to anyone else that's watching. I mean, to my fellow mom friends that I hang out with, to my family or, um, you know, any anybody that I come in contact with. And it's not, I hope it's ne- never comes across as like a place of an act or show or anything like that. It, it definitely isn't. Um, for me, it really is just because so much of life is made up of just those small little moments. I mean, if you think back on your life, you, of course, have the, your wedding day and the day your children were born and the day your dad died and the there there's the big days the huge days but most of your life is comprised of the small day-to-day days and i feel like for a stay-at-home mom of it's even more so the the monotony that you can get dragged down in sometimes of just same in day in day out if you don't really like stop and notice that for the gift that it is then it really can just become days pass. And, you know, they say with kids, and it's so true, the days drag, but the months and the years fly. And I know every time Quinn and I look at old pictures of our kids, in fact, just today we were looking at a video of our second son, Preston, when he was probably, like, 18 months old with this tiny little hand wave that he used to do with all his fingers that was, like, adorable. And it was like, oh, my gosh, that moment is gone, you know, and now he's like a...
0: Mouthy for you oh
1: yeah, and and so, um I think that for me, is something that I've tried to adopt just in my day day to day life.
0: yeah, I don't know if this made it onto a previous podcast or not, but even in light of um, I remember when Cameron and I, uh, my buddy, Pastor Cameron, up in Jamestown, he was on a early episode of this, and we talked about other people, other people exploring ministry, winding to get into ministry. And, um, but again, I don't remember if this made it on the, um, on the podcast, but I'll say it now. Uh, you know, a lot of people want to get into ministry to do things, uh, famously Mm. and fast and rise. And I, I have worked with and know some people who kind of live in that mindset and I'm going to be real honest with you. And I love what I do and I'm grateful for what I do. And I love leading people in worship, hundreds of them, thousands of them. I I absolutely love it. But I'm going to tell you this. There's a lot of paperwork Wednesdays (laughs) at my job. And that's not a complaint. That's a reality, right? And so, but you know what? I'm grateful for those days, too. I'm grateful for those opportunities, too. Not every day is going to be this big, uh, celebrated, you know, giant moment, as as you're saying, Aaron. I think that's so good. And I think that, you know, social media puts Mm. us in this place of, man, it is a fine line between who's trying to show up. Who's trying to show off on social media? Yeah. I'm this level of a parent. And who's legitimately just saying, and, and this is what we strive to be. And, and you know, we can do our best to, to post in such a way that we feel is authentic. And, sure, yeah. And then someone could still read it and be like, wow, look at them just showboating or yeah, whatever, right? For like sure. But ultimately, God knows the heart. And I want to live with the, the best of intentions. I mean, I can honestly say I don't feel like I read... When I read people's stuff on social media, I take it for what it is. If it says blah blah blah, I had such a great day. Like, I I don't perceive them as bragging because I don't live in that head that yeah. mindset. So I'm hoping that that they're they're not. But it probably is a fine line between trying to compensate, trying to look a certain way, trying to hope I'm going to present myself as X level of parent, and, and then if I'll I, be that. <laughs> if I get enough likes and comments, I'll feel like I actually am right. right? Yeah. Um, and this is such a millennial and Gen Z conversation we're having, but it's reality, (laughs) and and it is. And, like, I would tell you, and I would hope for you, like, be secure in who you are. Be secure in who God has raised you up to be. Be secure in the finished product He has in mind. Pursue it. And then you'll be able to journey well in a way that, like, you can just share that stuff, and you don't need
1: affirmation yeah i'm gonna be honest
0: i share the majority of that stuff so a year from now it shows up on my time hop and i can remember it i'm (laughs) just telling you because like she said like you just said aaron the the years fly the days drag the months uh the months go pretty fast but the, the days and the weeks can drag uh but man months and years just fly by i mean it is crazy um to me to just think back on how fast the last six years is you know we weren't Parents seven years ago, oh, we have five goodness. kids in this house right yeah. now. So it just flies. Um, so, anyways, just I guess these are just some thoughts and some, some practical things we wanted to share about this idea of journeying well. Um, you know, in light of this conversation about Daniel, the one thing I would say I, this um, I preached this in my first sermon I really ever give, gave called Journey Well, and then I, I included it in the book. and. I think it's probably the thing that stood out to me the most when I just read the book of Daniel and I read this story of this guy who, you know, the king wanted a dream interpreted and no one could do it. And then he brings Daniel in and Daniel uh, says, give me time. And then Daniel goes to God and prays for clarity and revelation on what does the dream mean. And uh, God gives him the clarity on what the and the interpretation of what the dream was. And I'm telling you, what stood out to me the most, what I read between the lines, which is not the goal of the scripture, but what just popped out, what popped out to me was this. Daniel, and and listen, probably what I would have done is I would have got up out of bed and I'd have been at that king telling him what it meant to save my life. Right.
1: Because what Quinn didn't mention is the other people that could not interpret the dream were killed. So. Right. Right. So
0: <laughs> automatically that would have been like, what else would you do? Like, right. But no, not Daniel. What he did was he said he stopped and as soon as he got the interpretation and the clarity. He praised God for it. He didn't race to the natural thing to save his life. He raced to the supernatural thing, which was God who gave him the clarity. And so, um, at the end of all these chapters, I have a few questions. And this, you know, this book really does present well as like a, a you know, ten to fifteen minute read and then three questions to reflect. So it's a it's a good uh, quick kind of devotional, but question two, is your default setting one of worship when God comes through in hard times, or do you just breathe a sigh of relief and move on? Or Mm -hmm. do you just breathe a sigh of relief and, uh, you know, run to the natural thing, right? And so, I mean, I think that would be my challenge. That's what I'm challenged by as I kind of revisit this material and share it with you, um, is just... Like, man, what is our default setting? And are we, as you know, I think what can tend to happen, unfortunately, as we um, lean on, you know, we get to know God as our sovereign, strong God and understand that he controls all things uh, and he oversees all things. And we, we do get to grow. We start to grow in those boundaries and we recognize that finished product. But we start to take steps toward that finished product. And sometimes I think we forget, like, Who's taking us on those steps?
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Right? And so then I think that we find ourselves in this situation or these situations where we kind of like relax on our intensity with growing those boundaries. Yeah. Right? And so um, the other thing that we were talking about before we hit record on this, um, and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap up with this. I mentioned, um, and it is, it is I guess, funny, at least it's ironic, I mentioned in here just about like, man, look at how Daniel handled crisis, right? (laughs) Look at how Daniel rose to the occasion in a crisis. What would we do in a crisis? How would we relate to God our Father in a crisis? Now, I don't want to say that the situation all of America finds itself in right now is even close to the captivity that Daniel found himself in, uh, because that would definitely be speaking in hyperbole. That's not what I'm trying to do at all. But we are in trying times. Very, We are in uncharted territory. And as free Americans who have seen those freedoms, uh, I guess you could say limited, suppressed maybe sounds negative, so I'll say limited, (laughs) uh, due to health concerns, okay? Um, How are we handling the crisis? This is an opportunity for us really, to exercise everything we've been talking about these last four weeks as we've gone through uh, this book. So, I don't know, do you have any thoughts you want to add to that as we close, Aaron, or anything, you know, at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think all I would add, and I mentioned this to Quint at the beginning, is the whole time I was rereading this chapter, and with the concept of journeying, well, I couldn't help but think of my dad, and, you know, my dad was the type of person he I I don't know that I could sum up his life any better than that he journeyed well in his time here on Earth and that uh, my dad really was by himself who he was in a crowd of people. He was the most authentic person ever. And so I just wanted to encourage you. I mean, I'm so blessed that I had that example growing up and that I can – then take it the next step, you know. But if you didn't have that for whatever reason, you can be that. And I promise you that your kids are, or whoever is important to you in your life, your friends, your spouse, your uh, employer, they are watching you. And it, your testimony will speak so loudly, um, just like my dads did.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There, I did a whole podcast on, it's called Remembering Kevin. Go back and listen to it if you want to learn more about uh, her dad he was he was the most legit dude he was the best I actually just said to someone this week um, we were, we were discussing this idea of um, is this the end times? are we nearing the end times et cetera et cetera And you know I said to this in this conversation I said the same thing that I actually told um, my staff, our staff at Erie first back in May kind of led this devotional, and you read First Peter, and it talks about, you know, the Apostle Peter wrote, um, you know, st- st- I'm, I don't have it in front of me, but something to, the, something to the effect of, stay steady, stay true, as we are in these end times. Okay, it was, well, that was 2,000 years ago. The, right. the Apostle Peter <laughs> thought he was in the end times, right? right? Okay, mm-hmm. and now people are saying, are we in the end times? And I'm sure in World War II and, and other wars and all sorts of times throughout history, people have said... Are we in our end times? Well, James 4, 14, I believe it is, says this. It says something to the effect of, your life is but a vapor, or you are as a mist. You are here, and Mm. then you vanish. And this is my takeaway from this. I don't know if we are in, quote-unquote, the end times. But here's what I know. You are in your end times. I am in my end times. Yeah. Because our life is but a vapor. We're here, and then we're gone. And it's over, okay? And what I told this person I was talking to this week was, thank God, my father-in-law, Kevin, lived like he was in his end times. Yeah. Because he left no regrets on the table. And at 57, he went home to be with Jesus. And we had an amazing celebration of his life because yes. he was an amazing person. And there was no, you know, there was there was no... Uh, Hard feelings or any, or anything no, like that. I, mean, I never. I'm his son-in-law, and I never had a bad minute with him. Like the, yeah. that's the type of person that he was. Okay, not because of how amazing I am. So, <laughs> um, and and honestly, I'm going to a memorial service tomorrow for my friend's dad who passed away at 77 and was a devout, faith-filled pastor for his entire adult life. Went through. Uh, and maybe I'll see if I can get them on the podcast because his story is is so great and I want people to know it because he went through so many physical challenges and the entire time I've known him, which is 25 years, he was in a wheelchair and he was in a wheelchair before that and he had eight kids and, and he never wavered in his yeah. faith and he never wavered in anything. And um, I think that's the power and that's what you're speaking to when maybe you didn't have that in your life, but you can be that.
1: Absolutely. For
0: someone else. And your dad had that in yeah. his life, yeah. in the way of his grandpa, but your grandpa didn't have that. No. In his life. Right. So it only takes one to change a family, and it only takes uh, one choice to be that person for your family. So Absolutely. So I think that's a great place to leave it. you have anything else you want to say? Nope. All right. Well, thanks so much for doing this, babe. And uh, Aaron's going to be back with us next week. We're going to talk about Chapter 5, which is uh, What About Me?, and um, this, uh, well, I have a lot to say about what I call a la carte Christianity and people mm-hmm. kind of uh, getting into this whole thing to see what they can get out of it. So we'll get into that next week. But anyways, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Uh, this has been the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. We'll be back next week with Chapter 5, and I appreciate you following along. Hope you are. Happy I blessed. was
1: wondering if you found